Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. Uh, Mark chapter 1 is where we're going to be today. And this pulpit's way heavier than I even imagined it to be. There we go. Good thing I don't work out. Anyways, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45 is a text I want to share with you today. And uh, just as we look into God's Word in just a moment, actually, for those joining us online, uh, welcome to you as well. Good to be with you. And you know, there is a little pressure with these weekends. Uh, You know, if I preach a real stinker, everyone could change their mind, but uh, we're going to trust that Jesus has a word for us today. And as I prayed uh, for this congregation this week, this is the text that the Lord led me to for us. Let's pause. Let's catch our breath and be ready to hear what God's saying through the scriptures today. Jesus, you are so good to us. And thank you that you can be the object of our faith, that we trust you, and that you inspire hope in us, and that you call us to live by a way of love. And that in all things, Jesus, you are shaping and forming us into your people for those very things. And so pray that we'd be part of that today, that we would be deepened in our faith, that you would inspire hope in us, and that we would choose the way of love today. Thanks for this beautiful congregation, how they love so well. And I bless you all. I do. I bless you. Both here in the room and those joining us online, I bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit with a renewed faith, with renewed hope, and a deep and passionate love for Jesus and for all those around us. In your name, Jesus, amen. So Mark chapter 1, verse 40. I want to read about a man who had a life-changing, a life-altering encounter with Jesus in this text. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. The scripture says this. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you're willing, Jesus, you can make me clean. And Jesus was indignant. Hang on to that word with me. Will you? Indignant. We're going to come back to that. And Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. He says, see that you don't tell this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Verse 45, instead, the man went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. And yet the people still came to Jesus from everywhere. That's our text for today. You know, we live in a world where certain people, depending on the community or place in the world, are deemed by others to be the untouchables, to be on the outside of what is acceptable. The truth about our world is that every society, you can't find one that's not like this, has people that some have considered to be untouchable, people who, because of their race, because of their socioeconomic status, because of their sexual orientation, their language, their education, their physical appearance, are pushed to the margins and treated as lesser people, as ones who don't belong in the group. This story I read to you is all about how Jesus feels about an untouchable of his time and how he was smashing through the barriers to love someone that no one else would love. The man that comes up to Jesus, Mark tells us, has leprosy. And maybe you've heard about this disease before, but let me just describe it a little bit in what this meant for the context of this story. 
The, the most common form of leprosy in, in Jesus' day, which was happening a lot in that time, began with this general sense of lethargy and pain in the joints. And then there would appear patches on the skin which were absolutely horrifying to the person that saw it because they knew when those little patches began to show up on their skin that it was like a death sentence for them. They knew it was coming for them. And these patches would grow into lumps around the face so the person would literally become unrecognizable. And then those sores would ulcerate and there would be this foul stench coming from the person's body. Eventually, the person's eyebrows would fall off, the vocal cords would ulcerate, and the voice would become hoarse, and breathing would become very difficult. Then, to add on top of that, there would be the loss of sensation, which is one of the most dangerous parts of leprosy. You know, people often used to think that uh, people would lose limbs and fingers and toes, whatever else, because of leprosy. It's not that. It's that Things would happen, accidents would happen. There's even cases where people would tell stories of sleeping at night and having rats gnaw at their fingers. They'd wake up without a finger and hadn't felt it. And that's, what, that's why people would lose kind of their digits when they had leprosy. They would wake up in the morning and part of their body would be gone and they wouldn't even have felt it. Eventually there's the loss of mental functioning and it usually ends up due to one, one or another complicating factors in a coma or in death. Now, in Jesus' day, there was all kinds of stigma and fear around leprous people because why? They looked different. They smelled different. They were unsightly to so many people. We didn't like the sound of their voice. You know, it's interesting, even near the beginning of the Bible in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 13, uh, this whole section deals with people that have, have leprosy. And in a couple of verses, it's instructing the community to give you a picture in your mind of what this disease was doing. Leviticus says, The person who has leprosy must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and wherever they go, they have to declare themselves unclean, unclean. And as long as they have the disease, they remain unclean, and they must live alone, they must live outside the camp, they are cut off. That was the law. You start seeing those little patches on your skin, it's over for you. A small picture of what life was like for someone who was found to be leprous in Jesus' day. If a leper came into somebody's house in that time, the house was deemed to be unclean and could ritually be destroyed just because a leper had come through the door. If a leper was seen on the streets, they could be pelted with eggs or could even be stoned if people felt they were a, uh, a nuisance. If you went so far as to touch a leper, you were considered defiled, you were considered ceremonially unclean, and you would be then cut off for a season from your community. And with it came this sense of a, ment a loss of connection with your community, a loss of connection with God. You were absolutely on the outside looking in. So just imagine for a moment what it would be like to wake up one day and find that you have this disease. Imagine a moment, the thought of never again being touched again in your whole life. To never be able to hug someone. To never feel a friend reach out for your hand. To never have a parent put an arm around your shoulder. To never again feel the warm embrace of your closest loved one. It's over. Because the law was really clear. Don't touch. Leprosy wasn't just about physical loss. You know, there was like a moral 
sense stigma to it as, as well. It was widely believed to involve a curse from God. You must have done something and God is punishing you for what you've done by giving you this disease. You know, when people would get other diseases in Jesus' time, if they were cured, they were spoken of as healed. A leper had to be cleansed. You see the difference? Lepers weren't just sick. They were unclean. They were defiled. They were on the outside. You want to know why mostly? Because people found them gross. And so a whole bunch of laws and stuff were put around it so the people that I'm a little put off by can be outside the community and I don't have to deal with that kind of person. You know, religious leaders and rabbis of the time, they would never get near this kind of uncleanness. They would never take the risk to be in contact with someone like this. It's why the leper in this story doesn't just walk up to Jesus. Gospel writer Mark is painting this picture very carefully. He comes up to Jesus from a distance and calls out to him. And he is begging him. And you can hear this kind of desperate urgency. And he kneels. He falls to his knees. And he pleads with Jesus because he is keenly aware that he is right now violating the law in coming towards Jesus. But this is the desperate act of a dying man who has nowhere else to turn and really nothing else else left to lose. That's why he puts the question the way he does. He says to Jesus, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. You can hear this deep sense of shame in his voice. A deep sense of his own unworthiness. He's not supposed to be there. He's been calling himself unclean, unclean wherever he goes. He says to Jesus, Jesus, if you're willing... You know, I'm getting a sense about you. This is early on in Mark, but I'm already getting a sense about you and what you're like. If by some inexplicable twist of fate, Jesus, would you help me? You know, this story right at the beginning of Mark is not just a nice story of a healing. It is an absolutely revolutionary encounter. Why? Because the tension in the story right at the beginning is, how is Jesus going to handle this man now? Because the law is clear, isn't it? This man's coming closer and closer and Jesus is standing there and you can imagine the people around Jesus like backing up, backing up, backing up because they can't get close to this man but Jesus holds his ground. And everybody's wondering, what's Jesus going to do? Don't touch, it's the law. Lepers, Gentiles, tax collectors, women, the uncircumcised, don't touch anybody. Because the idea here is that suffering And difficulty and pain are contagious. And the way to avoid that stuff is to separate yourself from the people who have been judged to be untouchable. So this is the whole backdrop to this encounter. This man has come toward Jesus. And there's several miracles in the story. There's more than one. With our time together, I want you to dial in with me to three miracles that happen in this story. Because each one is a picture of the heart of God for people. You know, through Jesus, we see what God is really like. Lots of times and in various ways, people have attributed things to God that aren't true to his character. But if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. He's always the right picture of what God is like. And so let's look at this first one. This first miracle is the miracle that Jesus is exceedingly approachable. You notice that? Jesus was a respected rabbi. He's a teacher. The rabbi's job is to make sure that the law is followed and understood. It's a leper's job to avoid all people, especially people like Jesus, rabbis. A rabbi is the last person a leper would ever want to see. A leper knows he could get hit with stones for breaking the law this day. 
The rabbis in Jesus' day actually prided themselves on their unapproachability. They thought of themselves as being so close to God that common sinners, lepers, the unclean, others, should not be allowed to get too close to them. And the irony is there was only one rabbi the leper could approach, leper could approach and it was, I knew I was going to say leopard at least once. There, I said it. Uh, that the rabbi was God himself. Like the one teacher that this man felt he could actually approach was the one rabbi who was God in the flesh walking among us. There is a quality that Jesus had that the other rabbis didn't have. And Jesus is just exceedingly approachable and not just with the sick. I mean, this happens on a regular basis. Here's the differences between Jesus and other rabbis around at the time. You see, the more religious the other teachers became, the more unapproachable they were. The more religious they became, the more holy they thought they were becoming, and the more unapproachable. On the other hand, you have Jesus, God in the flesh, being spectacularly approachable. Jesus is the most approachable person that ever lived because true true spirituality makes you more approachable, not less approachable. Religion and law, man, it can put you on a pedestal, but true spirituality, born out of the heart of God in love, makes you more approachable, not less. Jesus came to show us that the God that we worship is a high-touch God. Jesus came in part to reveal that God, who people thought was so unapproachable, so far off, is in fact moving in closer than the air that you breathe and you have nothing to be afraid of. It's that majesty and mystery of the incarnation that he talks about in John 1.14. That this God has come to dwell among us. He's set up in our neighborhood. And when we looked at him, we realized that he wasn't angry at us. We realized that this God was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And Jesus had the kind of profound differentness that drew the broken, the sinful, the people on the margins, the outcast, and the unclean right into his space. Jesus is always ready for anyone to approach him. Jesus is waiting for people like you and me to approach him. In that idea of prayer and just that thought of prayer, in that moment of worship, he's saying, come to me. And I just think some of us hold back. We want to get our prayers right. We want to get our words right. We want to get our life worked out. And Jesus is saying, it would really be more beneficial if you just came as you are. It would be really so much better for you if you found out how approachable I am that you don't have to be afraid of me. You know, sometimes I think we don't approach Jesus. We don't come to him in that way because we don't remember that we can. But in a few moments, we're going to have communion. And the whole idea of communion is that Jesus has already come this far for you. And you can turn to him. Forget the barriers. Run to Jesus and fall down at his feet. Because the best time to approach Jesus is now. It's when you need him. It's when you're precisely aware of the fact that you're not deserving of anything of his presence, but he calls you in any way. So there's this miracle of approachability, right? Incarnation. And then there's a second miracle. I love this. It's that Jesus chooses to touch. Not only is he approachable, this guy comes before him. The law is really clear. It says, don't touch. You don't go near this guy. And yet this man crouches before Jesus. He doesn't dare look at him. And finally, he's in this face-to-face, person-to-person encounter with Jesus. Everyone else is probably backed away. So just grab the scene for a moment. Here is this horribly disfigured man right before Jesus, everyone terrified about what's going to happen next. 
For so long, all this man has ever seen in anyone's eyes is disgust and repulsion. And yet he looks into Jesus' eyes and it says in verse 41 that Jesus was indignant. You know what indignant means? It means to feel immense, tremendous anger. Think for a minute. Hold on a minute. This man's coming to Jesus and saying, can you make me clean? And everyone's backing away, grossed out. They don't like the smell. They don't like the sight. And Jesus stands there and it says, he looks at this man and Jesus is angry. He's indignant. Is he angry at the man? No. Jesus' anger boils because something unjust. He is angry at the injustice that this man has suffered and he will not let it continue any longer. He looks at a system that has put a man on the outside, someone that Jesus already loves. He says, I am done with these systems of pushing people to the margins. Look at all of you backing away. He's actually upset at the crowd who wouldn't come and draw near to a man. And Jesus is angered in this moment, but not at the man. And then Jesus does this truly remarkable thing. This is so great. Here's the question. Which comes first, the touching or the healing, if you look at the text? What comes first, the touching or the healing? Well, I'll answer for you because it's right here. It's the touching. The touch happens first. You you understand the significance of this at this moment, right? Because Jesus could have done it either way. Jesus could have lovingly put his hands behind his back and spoken a word made the man clean, and then touched him. Jesus could even heal from a distance. We've seen those stories already. Jesus, before he heals him, touches the man. That is, he touches the leper while the leper is still unclean. And this is a phenomenal miracle. Because Jesus here is making a statement to everybody standing around, and he's making it to us. He's speaking to us through the scripture, the significance of this miracle, it's the miracle of the touch, is that Jesus is willing to step into another person's suffering in order to bring about their healing. He didn't have to. Jesus is saying, you know that I love you before you're made clean, right? Like, I'll touch you when no one else will. I will reach out my hands to you and I will get right down into your life and while everyone is backing away, I'm going to move in close. You want to know what God is like? You know, we've heard, I've heard in the church so long, it's like, God can't be in the, in the place of sinfulness. He's so holy. He can't be away. What do you see here? You see a God who is willing to move right into brokenness, right into pain, and absorb it into himself so that he can set people free. Jesus could have healed the guy without the touch. He could have snapped his fingers. He chose to touch the man. And in this says, I'm now sharing in your suffering. Let's see what the law can do to me, Jesus says. (laughs) He touches the man. You see, he's giving us an example here because Jesus did not call for his followers, his church, to be like a gated community where we determine in advance what kind of people we want hanging around with us. We're called to move with indignation against injustice with the power of compassion and love. You know, to consider our lives a success if we avoid suffering of all, of all kinds is actually to make a mockery of the cross. You see, we live in a world where sin and suffering and where pain is absolutely contagious. And sometimes we start to learn to keep our distance because we're a little put off by that kind of person. We're kind of not comfortable with that kind of person. 
You know, if you get too close to somebody, you might get infected by whatever's infecting them. You know, it may not be convenient to be part of that person's life. It may not be comfortable to enter into their story. It may cost me something in other friendships or in who I am and how people see me. And yet one of the miraculous parts of this story is that while the man is still unclean, Jesus reaches out and touches him and says, I now take on your suffering with you. I'm in it with you. You know, the truth is, friends, every day, you and I, we walk through God's creation and it is filled with items of inexpressible value. Items that are so precious in the eyes of God. They're people. I mean, all around us, our version of lepers and people with other debilitating diseases. We're surrounded by children and seniors and teenagers and single and married people from, people from different cultures, different languages, different skin colors. We encounter the wise and the foolish saints and sinners every single day. And about every single one of them, God says, every single one is worth everything to me. And I want you to get close enough to touch their lives with authentic love. And it's at the point of the touch that brings us to the great miracle in the whole story. Jesus touches the man and says, I do choose. I'm willing to be made clean. Now, nobody in that day could touch a leper. If you touched that person, you were considered unclean. But notice what happens here. This is the first time this has ever happened in the history of leprosy up to this point in history. Jesus touches the man. And somehow Jesus doesn't become unclean. What happens? Well, instead of the leper giving Jesus his sickness, it's our last miracle, Jesus ends up giving the leper his life. That's the transaction that happened. Mark says there's the touch and Jesus says leprosy be gone. Immediately it left him because it could not coexist with the powerful touch of Jesus along with all the stigma that surrounded this man. You see, difficulty and suffering are not the only contagious things in the world. There are other things that are infectious. Enthusiasm is infectious. Laughter is infectious. Faith is infectious. Compassion and courageous acts of justice are infectious. And the secret to the true spiritual life lived in the power of God is not to isolate yourself away from the suffering and the injustice of the world. It's not possible even if you wanted to. Jesus lived in the same environment that we all rest of us have to live in and yet never gave in to despair. So how do we do that? How do we move out into this world that's full of God's treasures and yet so full of suffering? And here's what it is. The secret is to be so filled with the life of Jesus, to be so filled with the Spirit of God, that when you touch the world, it doesn't infect you. You influence it with the compassion and love of Jesus. Instead of trying to get cloistered away in our own spaces where we can have our safe religious meetings, Jesus is saying, you got to move and be high touch. The world's broken. There is suffering everywhere. There's people on the margins. And he's saying to his church, you have got to get to the margins. You've got to draw people into the center. Whoever has been labeled as outside, whoever has been labeled as the one farthest away, Jesus says, might that person actually be the center of the kingdom? Go and touch their lives. And hear their story. You know, as I prayed about it this week, thinking about this message in particular, I just had this question come to mind. What if Stony Plain Alliance Church became a barrier-free community? 
I mean the kind of church where there's not even a hint of judgment or condemnation, but where every single person is valued and loved and embraced right where they are. A community where these doors and the doors of every home are wide open invitations to all to come and experience what it's like to be loved by Jesus and be treated like the precious treasure that every single person is. What if it was the kind of community where we're not predetermining in advance what kind of people we want to hang out with, but we throw open wide the doors of the kingdom as Jesus has done for us. We declare war on things like loneliness and the isolation that's all over our communities. We stand up against the darkness and movements of injustice that are continuing to marginalize people and say, we will be one kind of community that literally, for Christ's sake, will not let this stuff continue. And we're going to show the world what it's like in this region and beyond, what it looks like when God so moves in a community and so powerfully infects that community with love that it starts to influence with the power of faith, hope, and love into every neighborhood around us. And you start to see the societal changes that we all believe and pray for that we really want. You know, Jesus himself has shown us the way. And as his apprentices, it's our joy and privilege to do as he has done. The miracle of the touch, to be the most approachable people there are. And to be givers of life, not dealers of death and judgment. I think it's what God's up to these days at Stony Plain Alliance Church. And my prayer along with you is that we get to walk this journey together in the days ahead to just see how miraculous and how wonderful and how beautiful these days can be together. Would you pray with me? And I'm going to invite our worship team up. They're going to lead us in just a moment. Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in this community. You are stirring a spirit of gentleness. You're stirring a spirit of openness. I think one of the things you're doing is you're calling people like me and others in the room to deal with our prejudices, to deal with the stuff of the things we don't like, the people we don't prefer. And you're saying, yeah, move into that space as a listener, as a dealer of life, as a giver of life. And so Stony Plain Alliance, I bless you in the days ahead um, with that sense of movement of the kingdom as we see Jesus moving with justice and compassion. Yeah, I think this too. Um, Father, on behalf of this community, for those, anyone who wants to, I'm going to ask God to forgive us and forgive me. God, how many times have I determined in my heart the unworthiness of someone? And I would never say it out loud. My goodness, no. But Lord, you know in each one of us there's prejudices we hold. Uh, we've got layers of acceptability. People will accept a little, some a little bit more. God, in the name of Jesus and because of his forgiveness over us, would you forgive us for the prejudices we've, hold, we've held? for whatever reason we may hold it against someone. And we repent of that. We, we repent of being part of the crowd that backs away sometimes from those who are hurting and suffering because, well, it's not convenient. It's not nice. It's not easy. And I pray with a fresh move of the Holy Spirit today that you would awaken in us again the same spirit that was in you, Jesus, that drew you to that man, that approachability, the winsomeness, 
the kindness and the love. And that this community in the days they had to be so motivated and so inspired by the power of love, there would not be a single person that feels even a hint of judgment, but finds this to be a safe place to land and met right where they are with the mercy of Christ and the love of a community. We look forward to those days in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.